I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. The moon is high like your friends were the night that we first met. Went home and tried to stalk you on the internet. Now I've read all of the books beside your bed. The wine is cold. Cool. <laughs> what are we doing? No Good stuff, man. This is the first time we have ever used this artist music. He just said artist with quotations yeah, around yeah, the artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we How are. How dare you? Episode, episode 166? 166. A, 166A. 166A, yeah. Yes. We don't want to We don't make yes. it too too demonic. Exactly, exactly. Hey, big news. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about our show schedule for the year. Oh, yeah. So the exciting thing is here coming up uh, this, what, the first, second week of May, the G-Hawks will be represented at the uh, Canadian National Surveyors Conference. They will. In Quebec. They will. Pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Is your uh, passport up and ready to go? It's not. It's not. Working on it. I checked mine over the weekend. Uh, it also needs to be uh, three months. It needs to expire yes. three months ahead of when you plan to come back. And you know that a uh, very good friend of mine experienced that when <coughs> him and his wife were planning to go to their very planned out trip to Spain, and mm. were told when they got to the airport, her passport expired within three months of when they planned to return, and mm. were not allowed to go. What a racket! Yeah, horrible, horrible. Uh, I, I know, and. Uh, I love them to death, and they, they're just slumming it in Honolulu right now. It's horrible. They're like, oh, I, I just can't, can't go to Spain? Let's just go to Honolulu. And yeah, I know. I don't know how they're managing. I'm sure, I'm sure they're getting They'll by. be fine. Yeah. They'll be fine. Um, so there's that. And then yeah. at the end of May, we'll be at the FIG International uh, Working Week in Orlando oh, for yeah. a bit of time. And uh, we won't look beyond that. Let's end there. I think that's a good. We point. got a bunch of other stuff. There going is on a this lot year, of stuff going on. A lot May, going on. Maybe something, some more international stuff. Yes, actually, more Inter-geo. more likely than maybe, but yes, yes, well, absolutely. Yep, a lot of cool things happening this year. Really excited. Uh, Sean, what's new, buddy? Oh man, there's so much going on right now, both personally and professionally. Uh, I'll keep it brief mm. to not get into long stories. Uh, mold is bad. It's mold really bad, bad when it's at your house. Black mold is worse. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think we had all the colors when they peeled <laughs> back the, the layers there. So going through that, uh, and it's been super busy at, at the office. Uh, every, everything's been crazy. So, and, uh, my, my mom's in town this week, hanging out with my kid. So nice. Yeah, it's really awesome. Like getting to, getting to watch them hang yeah. hang out together. We don't see them as much because you know she yeah. lives in North Carolina. But uh, it, it, it's a good, crazy, busy, but good week. I was hoping your dad was going to be here. I know, I know. He's done been doing a lot of good things. He couldn't make he, it this trip. He has, he has. Uh, for the record, the uh, geoholics have filed taxes for the first time in three years because of my dad. Because of your dad. Yeah. So yeah. that is such a good thing. Yeah, I know. I, really I mean, is. I felt so good putting that tax form that your dad prepared <laughs> in the mail today. I like made a deadline. It was I. Oh, I don't know. It was just it was freeing. I just felt amazing after that. I'm like, I feel, I'm doing something right. Mm. It happens once in a while. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so Especially you, when someone else does it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets paid by whiskey, though. He's good with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very happy with that payment arrangement. Tell us about that opening number, Sean. Uh, 
Uh, this is mostly for you, Kent, because apparently me? you're the only person on the planet that doesn't know some of these things. Uh, that was Taylor Swift, mm. song called Paper Rings. Mm-hmm. Catchy, uh, catchy tune. Quick catchy. little bio here. Taylor Swift is an American singer-songwriter. Her genre-spanning discography, sc- songwriting, and artistic reinventions were received critical praise and wide media coverage. Born in West Reading, Pennsylvania, Mm. she moved to Nashville at age 14 to become a country artist. Her 2006 self-titled debut album made her the first female country singer to write a U.S. platinum certified album. I think Mm. the key there is write a certified platinum album. Mm. Uh, Having sold over 200 million records globally, we do a lot of these bios and anything over 200 million is a big damn deal. Uh, This is one of the best-selling musicians in history. She's the most streamed woman on Spotify and the only act to have five albums open with over 1 million copies sold in the U.S. Mm. Regardless of your, quote, artist, she is a very talented individual and Super successful and deserves your attention. She is a legend. Mm. She has my attention. As does one of our guests this evening, uh, Devin. Hello. Thanks for uh, recommending Miss Swift. Anytime. You are self-proclaimed Swiffer? Swifty. Uh, that's, that's a cleaning product. <laughs> that's a cleaning product. <laughs> I'm a Swifty. A Swifty. Swifty. Yeah. All right. So... We're, we're not to the icebreaker yet, but I have a question for you guys, okay? okay? If you had to listen to one of the three, I already know your answer, but if you had to listen to one of the three following female artists for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I'm, of already, course, I'm already doing this. Of course, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. Pink, okay, and let's go with Cher. That, that's a terrible three options. I mean, no, it, 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 that's not terrible because the answer is very clear. Yeah, yeah it's pink. It's what? pink. It yeah. is pink for me. It's no, pink. it's not pink. <laughs> I <laughs> have not seen pink, but I am dying to see pink. I think she's probably the most talented female artist that I know. Why you're, do you keep quoting yeah, artists? And you're wrong. Because and artists you, you is are such wrong. I'm not pinning women against term. women, yeah. but you are wrong. I mean, we do no. not have a strong female yeah. contingent of listeners, yeah. but those that are... You have offended them. Happy International Women's Month. Should I get up now? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you offended a future listener already over yeah. right across the table. That's exactly uh, right. She's yet to give us a chance. <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> I mean, Cher is a classic and a big deal, but yeah. if I had, had to be put in a room with only one of those three, it would clearly be Taylor Swift. No, no, nobody's saying you're putting We're not putting room. you no, in a room no, with three. Not with them. <laughs> I'm saying put no, in a room to listen no, to them. Who's the, who's the, we said listen who's to. Who's the feminist or sexist? <laughs> get me out of here. I, uh, You guys are just on a different level. That's a different question. If I had to be put in a room with one of the three. It's Taylor. We do not want to continue this. It would be Cher. Please, please continue. <laughs> You're still thinking about that, that video with her on the on the boat with all yes. the people and the things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, Cher let's move on before age. we get. Ageless. Cher. Before we get ourselves it's in trouble, true, let's move on. True. Yes. Yeah. Um, Where are we, Kent? We are at the Diamondback Landsurveying Studio this evening. We are. Um, yeah, happy to be here. We are in the in the market for a new studio space. We so are. if anybody listening has a spare room in Phoenix, just let us know. <laughs> Give <laughs> we'll, us a shout. We'll take grandma's basement. Info at the geoholics.com. We'll take, uh, you know, an extra, you know, brewery, side yeah. closet, anything yes. other than a very corporate. Storage uh, container yeah. that's been turned into Ooh, something livable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got got a spare storage container. We'll, we'll podcast out of that. 
Yep. As long Let's as it has it. power, I think the most important thing is that yeah. you've got microphones and beer. Cold microphones, beer. beer, whiskey, and air conditioner. And really good guests. Yeah, and really good all, guests. Those are all important. Mm. Yep. I think you'd probably have a little bit of a harder time luring people into the storage container than the corporate <laughs> office, um, mm. but I believe in you guys. True. It's probably better than a white van. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> 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 good times in a white van. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's move on. Time for the Airworks. Somewhat random trivia. Sean, what do you have for this evening? Uh, okay, not going to do any Swifty trivia. I actually, I, I'm sorry, this is going to be a selfish one. Um, I got to do some trivia about sports and specifically the NCAA basketball tournament because it starts tomorrow. By the Exciting. time this podcast comes out, the first and second rounds will be over. But I got to throw some trivia out there because it's one of my favorite times of the year. This is just so much sports and so much action all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think it's an amazing thing. And I want to throw out a couple nuggets about the history and a couple things about the tournament that people may not know. Let's do it. So, uh, that being said, the 1939 was the inaugural year of the NCAA tournament. Wow. Only eight teams competed for the title with the Oregon Webfoots emerging victorious over the Ohio State Buckeyes. Was that before they figured out their ducks? <sighs> I think there was that some, some conversion there. That was a really there. good yeah. one, Noah. Yes. That is interesting. Uh, 2008 holds the record for the most predictable tournament where the only time all four number one seeds made it to the final four. Uh, the NCAA tournament is the ultimate time burglar. Some people have said that the hourly corporate losses will amount to roughly $1.9 billion as a result of workers whose productivity has been diverted by March Madness. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, I can tell you that have, have, having been in an office and watched tournaments, some of the places you stream even have a button that's a boss button and you no click way. it and it is just a random spreadsheet that pops up oh my god just so in case your boss walks by you hit the button and it looks like a spreadsheet and you click it back and you're watching all so the in games. your case you're the boss what Correct. do you do i watch the games and do, you worry, do you have a boss button no 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 but I, if i like I don't turn care. around if i turn around because we share an office if i turn around do you hit the boss button absolutely not <laughs> I have no respect for you in that capacity in any way. Especially if, if he's waiting on something from you. You're oh, like, absolutely. No, no, check it out. No, no, We're watching. There's two minutes left in this <laughs> Weber State game. Yeah. I got a lot of money on. And at the same time, he's <laughs> We're watching waiting. the game. He's firing off emails. Get this done. <laughs> yeah. I need this. How can you <laughs> not? <laughs> yes. Uh, a couple more. Uh, although it is regarded as today as the consolation bracket, the National Invitation Tournament, the NIT, predates the NCAA by one year. And... It, and for many years, it was thought as superior to the other tournament. Interesting. Uh, one personal note that I have to bring up, I have to get it out there. This year, the preseason number one ranked <laughs> North Carolina Tar Heels, who I personally hate with a passion, yeah. uh, <laughs> did not make the NCAA tournament, were invited to the NIT tournament, yeah. and declined the invitation because, let's put it out there, they are cowards. Mm, I would entire, agree with that. That's entire horrible. fan base and organization, specifically the coach, Hubert Davis, which I have hated since I can remember hating people. That being said, I know that's strong worded, but come from a ACC. I went to North Carolina State. Yep. Hate North Carolina with a passion. I'm on the platform that I can say it out there to the masses. And it feels so good. And it feels so great. The cowards of North Carolina did not accept a tournament invitation that they absolutely should have and just played. So we need to make sure hashtag North Carolina, hashtag Tar Heels. Hashtag cowards. Hashtag cowards <laughs> uh, at Hubert Davis. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Light them up. <laughs> 
Uh, coincidentally, the UNC also holds a record for the worst loss in tournament history. They lost by 20 points in the East Regional Semifinals wow. in 1941. Jeez. Uh, that was a very obscure trivia. I just had to throw that out there. But I mean, you then, feel good. Finally, uh, it's been held for 80 years, and only 35 schools have actually won. 80 years, 35 schools That's have won. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Not that a lot of not statistic. a lot of randos, not a lot that. of repeats. Yeah. And uh, one other last one, I didn't even write it down. But uh, who's the lowest seed to ever win, or highest seed? Oh, uh, you, you know this. Uh, um, I don't know. Number eight, Villanova. Villa, really? Mm-hmm. That is the lowest seed to win? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, they used to call Villanova Villanofun. Villanofun. <laughs> East Coaster. All right, let's move on. Time for the Advanced Genetic Surveys Weekly Words of Wisdom. This is going to be uh, very applicable to our guests this evening. So here we go. At Navis, we are passionate about pushing the boundaries of what's possible with indoor mapping and navigation technology. Our goal is to make it easy for anyone to create high-quality, immersive digital twins of indoor spaces and to use these digital twins to improve decision-making, streamline workflows, and enhance the user experience. Do you know who said that? You probably do because you read it. I did. Greg? I know who said it. I, I can help you with the name there before you go any go further. That would be Georg. Georg. That's how they pronounce that. It's not Greg Schroth? No, no. It would be closer to George if you were to actually take a closer look Sounds at like that. Sounds like you're butchering his name. But it is, it's Georg Schroth. He is our, really? yep, he's our CTO, visionary, and uh, yeah, brilliant guy. Very cool. Look at that. Some insider information. I had Greg on the page here. I don't know. I know some good Gregs, but That's he's good. not one of them. He's not one of them. No, no. He's, he's the best Georg I know. Oh um, my gosh. Well, thanks for saving me. I was going to say Greg. I, I was saved myself. <laughs> I was going to say George. Awesome. I was going to say George, and somebody said Garrick, and I'm just like, George, thank Greg. God somebody said that before me. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So, anyways, we're going to get to more of this here in just a second. Let's get our guests in here. You've heard them a number of times already. We have Noah Eckhaus and Devin Sprunk. That's right. A little bit about these two. Devin, let's go with you first. Born and raised in northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Attended University of Delaware. Do you know, do you know their mascot? Is it, is it the Webfoots? It's the fighting <laughs> web fighting webfoots. No, it's the fighting blue hens. That's right. Mm. Fighting Joe blue Flacco, hens. If you're listening. Her Hello. hobbies include but, reading. But, but Villanova is Villanova. No, Bill, Bill, Villanova. Villanova. Her hobbies include reading, tennis, F45. I know what that is. Thank Hanging you. out with her dog, Mabel, and cooking. She is a sales account executive for SoCal in Arizona at Navis, passionate about developing interpersonal relationships and improving people's lives with technology. That's right. Accurate statement? Yeah, you got me. You nailed me just there. <laughs> I just pulled it out of the air. My entire life <laughs> yeah. summed I, up in two sentences. You guys know me so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, we, and Noah, on the other hand, born and raised in Long Beach, California, attended UC Santa Barbara and CSU Long Beach. Uh, there's some good basketball in there, right? Yeah, we've got uh, one of the largest pyramids in the country. Yeah. Um, it's leaking really bad right now, actually. So that's why I recently found out it's one of the four largest. Really? Yeah. It's one of the pyramids. only there's only four Where? there's only four true pyramid buildings in the US. Yeah. Of course, Bass Pro Shop, uh, the Luxor, oh, the yeah. Long Beach State Walter Pyramid, and then I don't know what the fourth one is. It wasn't that interesting. But um, huge, huge leaks. It's going to cost $55 million to fix fully. Wow. And so they're just throwing money at it right now as temporary fixes. So Holy cow. Fun, That's crazy. Fun current status of that one. Interesting. So Noah's hobbies include camping, leather work, trying new foods, and bothering his cat, Padma? 
Yes. Padme? Padma. Padma. You got it right on the first Padma. Day. All right. Yeah, good job. He's a senior customer success manager and the Western U.S. or for the Western U.S. and global demo experience lead at Navis. Sean, I need a new title. My title is so boring. Well, you I love add, Noah's title. You need to add global to it. Well, somewhere. just add global to anything. <laughs> what right? I would say is that once you start mm-hmm. achieving success yeah. with clients, yeah. you can have the title client success manager. <laughs> and add global in front of it. And then add global. Global program. client success manager. Yes. That's, that's my goal. Give me one client success. You got, the, you got the title, buddy. Oh, just one. This is a low barrier. It is a low bar here. <laughs> Noah is also passionate about spatial technology, uh, designing data capture programs, and helping people work through challenges. Noah, Devin, welcome to the Geoholics. Yeah, thanks thank for being for here, guys. Us. Yeah, thank you. Are you guys to excited here. to be here? I'm very excited to be here. We are. The beer is flowing. Uh, that's uh, pretty much good, all right? I need to be happy here. Had so. a couple of giggles. I got used to hearing my own voice, sort of. <laughs> got me <laughs> <a hint. laughs> Yeah, right. So here's what we do. Typically, right now, uh, we do the Trimble Pro Point Icebreaker. Um, just a fun little question to kind of get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, the question we have for this evening is, when do you, did you get your first cell phone? And what kind was it? Do you guys remember? So, yeah, I read this and I was like, I remember the phone vividly, did not remember the manufacturer. Mm. So I spent a few minutes uh, perusing eBay for 2005 era flip phones available to Verizon customers. Oh, Ooh, I think I, um, I, I like I that. I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. How about you, Devin? Do you remember yours? Well, well, you're, you're well like, Noah and I discussed this beforehand. He yes. showed me the phone and I said, I had the exact same phone as you, except for that mine had rhinestones that I bought all over oh it. Oh, my God. Because yeah. I wanted same to keep phone. up with the Taylor Swift Let's theme of my life and I wanted to be bejeweled. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that for, is awesome. for those who are curious, if you want to look this up, that would be the Samsung SCH-A310. Only Ooh. the finest. It's Ooh. a flip phone. It's stunning. It came in silver. <laughs> stunning. Um, and silver. It had a screen on the outside. T9. You could play Snake on it. It was good. It was pretty good. It was good. a great phone. When did you would you go to the it? internet, you would freak out. You're so you had internet. Whoa, mine Interesting. Did not, mine no, did not have internet. No, mine had internet option, I think, and you'd click like, the little arrow on the top right. Ah. And then you would panic because your parents would be like, do you think we're made of money? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to show up on the bill 30 days later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely show my age on this one. So, Sean, go ahead. Uh, I'm right about that same time, but it was probably more like 05. I was a very late cell phone guy. Really? Yeah, I know I'm more of a technology guy now, but at I'm the time shocked. I was still coming off a pretty good, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a hippie phase in college. But Just call it a high. I was uh, I was anti technology. Like I felt like I didn't need any of that. I don't want to. You know, I can just pick up the phone and call somebody like a normal person. I don't need a cell phone. And then yep. I moved to Arizona in '04, and then yep. I've got a cell phone, much like that one. I think it was mine. Was the Motorola version of that flip phone? The flip phone, the okay. silver one with the little screen and the thing, yep. and the battery lasted for like four days. And insane, never charged. Yeah, that yeah, thing. and it was. Uh, yeah, but it was a big culture shift for me because all at the time all my friends already had phones and I was the one guy that didn't and I was like the last guy to get a gotcha, cell phone. Gotcha. What about you Kent? Oh uh, I had the three uh, years ago when no, you. No uh, it was a lot longer ago. My dad had a Motorola uh, is, it was a is, bag phone. Is it a bag phone? It was a bag phone. It was yep. about the size of that backpack right there. You plugged it into your cigarette lighter. <laughs> That's when cars, hey, I know this is going to be crazy, but cars used to have cigarette lighters in them. Oh, that's crazy. And then you take the little cigarette lighter out and then that, they turn that into a power thing. I yes. actually, I don't, I don't really own cars that are newer than that phone that we were just talking about. So, <laughs> so interesting. I've actually got, I do. I've got two cigarette lighters in one of my cars. <laughs> so yeah, Motorola bag phone um, did the job. Definitely no internet. 
No texting. Uh, yeah, that's what I had. Um, you know what? Follow-up question just came to mind. I think I know Sean's answer. If you had to have either a cell phone or a car for the rest of your life, which one would you take? A cell phone? I don't even think twice about <coughs> it. I absolutely hate driving. Cell phone. Noah. That's really hard because I use my phone to find places to drive in my car. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but uh, we're going to be, we're going to totally uh, mess with your spirit of the rule. I'm going to go car because there's tablets and laptops and all that bullshit. Too. In cars. It's like if you get like a Tesla or something, I suppose. They connect oh, to no, your no, phone. I'm just, I'm just saying, I just, I'll just use a, a tablet, get a, get a, you know. Oh, I got gotcha. chip. Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally breaking the spirit of the rule here. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, what would you do, Sean? Oh, car, 100%. I, if, if the option would be to stay connected and be static yep. versus be not connected and yep. can go wherever the hell I want, Yep. I'll choose the second one all day. With I, your car, you can go take an Uber. You mean with a phone, I can take an Uber. I mean, yes, with your phone. But I'm still tied to, like, as far, like, I can get in my car and just drive. Yeah. And then. Yeah, good luck. Good luck camping with an Uber. You're going to have to find a really cool Uber driver. Mm. That was not part of my interests. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Camping was way further down the list after no no phone and a car. If we were were listing things we will never do, Devin would have been like, camping, number one. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Clamping now, on the other hand. That I would do. Yeah, yeah. I would It'd be a car for me as well. No surprise. I mean, no surprise. Company. <laughs> I, actually, that's kind of surprising for me, just because I, I don't think I just can't see you going without communicating with people for a long period of time. It'd be hard. It'd be we just lock people like, in his car. I would just drive around yes. and pick up all the people I want to talk to. And yeah, exactly. Like you'd be one of those guys that would have to go and find people to communicate with, the, and then be best friends with that them was, immediately because uh, yeah. you can't talk to anyone else. Yeah, that was actually one of my dad's pastimes as a kid. He would get into his mom's. Ford Country Squire station wagon yep. with the two bench seats in the back that faced each other. So you could yes. fit like 12 people in this yep. thing. Yeah. Growing up in Detroit, he would drive around and pick up hitchhikers. Just to hang out? That and is they amazing. Would, they'd be like, where are you going? He's like, where are you going? And they'd be like, we're going here. He's like, we're going there. So they get in, everybody's <laughs> talking. They're like, so how do you know, you know what's going on? He's going to have a car full of hitchhikers. Nobody knows anyone. And everybody who gets in assumes everyone else knows each other. What is he doing now? Right now? Yeah. Well, not right this second, should but in general. Should we call him? In general. I would uh, like to get him on the show. He's got to he have some retired. amazing stories. Oh, he does. He does. He's retired now. Uh, he and my stepmom are uh, sort of uh, finishing out their uh, dream apartment in Porto, Portugal, and uh, dealing with a flooded kitchen in Long Beach, California concurrently. Oh, so interesting. They actually, they own- A lot of floods going on right now. Yeah, they own two homes and can't <laughs> occupy either right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch out for mold. It's a, it's a bitch. That's a boomer problem. Yeah. It's occupying horrible. two homes. But that does sound a lot like you, Kent, where you have to you get in the car and go yeah. around and try to find friends. I would do it. I would do it. I would just random people like that. Yes. I, would, they, I always say you can't know enough people. I love that. Actually, I might steal that motto yeah. if you ever ask me what my motto is. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to know Noah and Devin a little bit better. So, Devin, here you go. You have a track record of success in sales, including being a Pfizer 2021 Grit Award winner. Whoa. That sounds impressive. It was gritty. Pretty gritty. So, how does this fit into your current role at Navis, and what makes you good at sales? Thank you. Um so this fits into my current role. I am, no one can attest this. I'm very competitive. I'm also competitive with myself, self-motivated. Um, these traits come into Navis because it's actually a relatively 
solo role for the most part. A lot of your day-to-day and what you do Wow, that, that hurts a little bit. I knew mm. you'd say that. Mm. But my I'll, day-to-day when Noah's busy is solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay. That's so awesome. Noah and I work together often, yeah. but when we don't, I'm alone. <laughs> so um, using those skills of being able to self-motivate, get sure. yourself on track, um, be competitive with oneself. Mm. That's important in sales, and it transfers every sales role, but at Navis in particular, because we're also headquartered in Munich, so that's where our executives are. So you have to kind of be able to work around that, get the answers you need, and not be afraid to ask the right questions. So, Great answer. I'm able to, to navigate that role with the help of Noah. Awesome. Good for you. <laughs> the situation you're in, it. and I don't want to go off like on a really sensitive subject or anything, but it is International Women's Month. Um, that's not what it is. And that's not sensitive. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is International Women's it's Month. It's Women's History Month. Well, okay, same thing. So, anyway, Devin. <laughs> He's looking at me like you're an idiot. If it makes He's you like, feel any better, I have my name is Devin because my dad wanted a son. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if that makes you feel any better, Kent was not originally Kent. He was originally Kelly. And the I thought Kendall. Worked. It was Kentrina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before you ask that question, I'm not I, I have question. to interject yes. uh, and give Devin the opportunity here to the non-traditional survey person is Navis and what do they do? Let's you kind of skip that step. No, that's the third question. It's We're not, not there yet. You're talking about typical. That's not. Uh, just give me the pre. You know what? What are you selling here? So I can. What are you selling? <laughs> am I buying or am I not? What are we seriously doing like? What Snake are we talking oil. about? Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, okay. We have a mobile um, solution for lidar, so you're able to capture data. Sorry. Um, well, you're wearing a mobile device. So you might be used to something like a terrestrial laser scanner. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the thing. The white you, thing. Yeah, the white thing with the yeah. thing in the backpack. Yes, yeah, so some people who are commoners. So much helpful. The way yes. I explain to my friends is commoners might see tripods on the streets capturing data. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the solution that is the mobile solution. So you're wearing the device, you're capturing data as you're wearing, you're act- actively walking around. Um, we use something called SLAM technology. We'll get, get, to, we'll get to more of that We're going to get to that yeah, in a yeah, second. We'll get to okay. that in a second. Much bigger topic. But I just needed to introduce we're, it because yeah, I was using not. using LiDAR is typically what I say, and then mm-hmm. people who don't know what that is, just stop asking me anything. Mm, got it. Yeah, gotcha. I'll, it depends on who's asking. So if I'm out on the streets mapping and someone looks mad, um, I tell them, oh, I'm just taking measurements. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, this thing looks pretty crazy for just taking measurements. Yeah. But measurements seem pretty simple. Did, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and back off. Do they ask you, like, are you recording me? Yes. Oh, all the time. All the is time. It, is this? Am I going on the cloud? Oh yeah. If I if, <laughs> if somebody if somebody is bothering me, I'll be like, you should probably not look at these lasers. Ooh, good one. Good <laughs> but that's one. not the truth. That's, he's just lying to those people. They are. They're class one eye safe. Uh, you could stare at them all day. Uh, they're they're invisible, so you can't see them unless yep. you've your, your laptop camera. My laptop camera can see them. So every time I do a demo and I've got my my VLX running. There's just like flashes of purple light coming through on screen. And so I have to like be paying attention to whatever I'm doing and then also be like, and let's not blind the poor people. Let's move the VLX around so it's not <laughs> shooting lasers right into the camera. Right, right. But yeah, we do a full, it's a full solution. So of course there's the hardware, there's the capture part of it, um, but really it is a, a platform for distributing heavy, complex data in a way that, you know, theoretically your grandmother might be able to access it because yeah. it's available on her cell phone. Gotcha. That's exactly right. You assume my grandmother has a cell phone. She I picked do. the car. 
Yeah, she definitely <laughs> picked the car. <laughs> she is not That's authorized cool. to use either, but she'll take the car. That was like my grandmother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where are we going now, Sean? Since uh, you skipped over Noah's... Yeah, now we don't get to know, well, Noah. know Noah. I just have a note Thanks here nothing, that, Sean. That, that you consider Noah a successful closer. That Yes. Elaborate on that a little bit. Yes. And how does that tie into your role at Navis? Yeah, so uh, fortunately, it's not really my current role, 100% here. So as a senior customer success manager, I I get to leave the closing part to Devin. I thought so, you said you were like a senior global customer success manager. No, you're conflating my two job titles, which is already confusing enough. Oh, man. Noah just got promoted, so I have to point that out. Yeah, so that's why I have a second. Thank you. That's why I have a second job title. Oh, okay, got uh, it. That second job title saddles me with uh, creating all of our demo content and teaching all of our AEs how to use it. Gotcha. So um, essentially, I'm like, how do I distill down these things that I've learned over many hard one years mm. of, uh, of being in the field? How do I distill that down and then give it to all sorts of people to uh, disseminate into the world? So easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're working on it. So what I do, I used to be more in sales. Very directly, I was outside sales. Um, I was... I was able to close some good deals there, but where I've actually been able to help deals close at a higher, uh, higher margin, uh, bigger scale, is when I'm a technical resource. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. essentially, um, whether I was doing GIS consultant work for drone delivery companies, landing them contracts with companies like Walmart, or I was out helping uh, us close a big deal with uh, a big player in the AR, VR space, it's really the technical ability to essentially uh, drill down, find out what the objection is, and then um, help somebody identify that and feel comfortable about the potential solution. So for me, I let the technology do the talking. I'm really just trying to connect the gaps there. So I get to do that all the time here at Navis. I get to help Devin. I get to help all my other AEs, as well as now sort of on a global scale, helping sort of push that through. So, nice. Yeah. Being a closer is uh, not like my day to day anymore, but uh, in a way it kind of is. Sure. Yeah. And it, from a different perspective. Yeah. And, and also you should talk to yeah. about potential, like we already have customers that exist and how you help those. Oh yeah. I mean, that's not related to closing, but. Um, well, it sort of is because then the potential customers buy I guess more. they do, they do buy more devices. So um, they do yeah. close. I, I really, what I want to do is uh, I know all the stuff about Navis. And all these customers of ours know everything about their business, and they might not know what that new thing at Navis can do to actually help them. Yep. So um, it's really just touching base, talking to people, and identifying, finding out what they're doing, and being like, have you seen this yet? Yep. Or mm-hmm. you're not utilizing the space you're paying for best. Let me show you how to do that. Yeah. So Would I used- you say that's what you love about your job? Um, I love, I love the... Uh, the challenges of finding, you know, finding a new situation. I'll be called into a situation. I have no, I no idea what's going on. So I'll be like, Hey, uh, this, it didn't work. Is this possible? And I'll be sitting there racking my brain, like coming up with workflows in my head. Like, does this connect to that? Does that connect to this? Uh, do the coordinates come through whatever? So I really like the sort of the extemporaneous, like, how do I solve this problem? And no, I don't want to interrupt you, but I did coin Noah as the solutions expert. Here's what I was thinking. Ooh. It's like you take a problem, you connect it to a solution. Yes, he's yeah. a solutions expert. Yeah, I she like got, it. She actually got me a hat uh, that's embroidered. It says solutions expert. It should say global solutions that's expert. That's exactly. Give it back. I'll fix it. 
I want to, I want to oh, chain stitch this. But that was before the promotion. Oh, yeah, that was before the promotion. It was. Yeah. Then finding yeah. out the stitch was wrong on the podcast. So I got to be honest with you that I am so curious about Navis as a company just because it seems like just over the course of the last maybe three, four years, it's just like kind of like come onto the scene and it's like this great, amazing thing. The technology is incredible. The hardware is unbelievable. What's the culture like at Navis? I've never worked somewhere surrounded by so many smart people. And I think that that for me is one of the biggest differences and one of the best things is that like I can turn to pretty much anyone on my team and they're going to know something I don't know. We're going to be able to collabate, figure that out. Um, just, I'm actually, it was last night um, after I'd had a, a, a quart of IPA over at the Cornish Pasty Co., and uh, oh hey, hold on, since, I, since I've had a good pasty, yeah. free, free plug. Don't get used to it. Don't get used to it. But <laughs> I love, uh, I love the, the pasties. Those are it was delicious. Really good. Um, uh, great service, uh, cheap beers. Anyway, um, after my quart of beer, there I open up my phone, and somebody had asked on the team about forensics use cases, mm. and it was like, "Does anybody have anything?" So I replied. And then another colleague replied. And yeah. then a third colleague replied. And then we were pulling off of each mm -hmm. other and mentioning other things that we thought of. And at the end, somebody literally just said, this is amazing. Like this yeah. niche, so cool. this niche, you know, yeah. market, we have all this information experience. And it was divulged within like a total of seven minutes. Yeah. So uh, to piggyback on awesome. that, my favorite part is that everyone is so eager to help. Yeah. I didn't come with any industry background coming in here and I felt so overwhelmed by that. I was like, these people are so smart. They're, they're yeah. all global. They're all over the world. But everybody comes very eager to help as long as you're asking appropriate questions and you're, you know, you want to learn, yeah. they want to help. Sure. Um, and that's the culture that's, I think people now are, you know, I mentioned earlier, I worked very solo most of the time, mm -hmm. but um, to have a collaboration like that, even though we're headquartered in Munich, Germany is extremely special yeah so i'm getting teary-eyed yeah i mean Aww. talking about munich we get to go at least once a year that's even fun. yeah we can add fun to this too because yeah yeah, well, yeah for yeah. sure yeah i mean talk about it. A, a, a bavarian company would uh would be remiss if they were not paying for beers yeah. so when we get there right. um beers are flowing the beers are flowing uh the good times are flowing and honestly it's just a it's a great company i feel like i can talk to anyone yeah and um you know i i know all of the founders on a first name basis. It's awesome. Um, you know, we've I've had good conversations with them at summer parties or various things. So yeah, I would say what yeah. it's like working at Navis is it's like being in a sports team. Yeah. More than it is working at a company. Gotcha. Gotcha. Bring it, bring it back for Sean here. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So I was like, now Sean's getting teary eyed. <laughs> it's like you had me. I, I was jealous at working around other smart people. <laughs> you had me at that. <laughs> I was gonna make a smart ass comment. <laughs> Sean doesn't know what that's like. No, I don't. I, I sit in an office with. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Hey there, Kent. Can we talk about Trimble for a second? We sure can. All right, Trimble Geospatial provides solutions that facilitate high quality, productive workflows and information exchange for a global and diverse customer base of surveyors, engineering and GIS service companies, governments, utilities, and transportation authorities. That was a mouthful, my friend. Trimble's innovative technologies include integrated sensors, field applications, real-time communications, and office software for processing, modeling, and data analytics. 
Yeah, using Trimble solutions, organizations can capture the most accurate spatial data and transform it into intelligence to deliver increased productivity and improved decision-making. Trimble Geospatial pioneering the future of data intelligence, converging people, product, and place seamlessly to help you make your mark and leave your legacy. They also put on a really great party. Yes, they do. Trimble Dimensions will be there next year. Absolutely. To find out more, go to geospatial.trimble.com. Uh, let's get awesome. a little more technical and a little more nerdy if we can. All right, this is Devin. You mentioned Devin something. Noah Shines. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dev- like, where can I, can I get out of here? Devin, you mentioned slam scanning and slam technology. Yes. You're going to have to inform the idiot in the room, which is me. What What is that? What has that got to do with scanning and lighter? Okay, so with SLAM technology, with our technology, it's di- let me back up. SLAM stands for Simultaneous Localization and Mapping. Mm. So the side-by-side comparison that I explained to commoners is that we don't have any GPS on our device. So okay. the, the way that you know where you are with our, with our device when you're wearing it, let's say, inside of this little tiny office that we're in. Can you say what SLAM is, stands for again? Yeah, Simultaneous Localization and Mapping. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So really how that works is as long as you have unique geometry in the room that you're trying to scan or the area you're trying to scan, you're working well with our SLAM technology. So as you so uh, greatly said, our tiny little studio here. I meant that kindly. Okay. Yeah, well, personally, but uh, <laughs> it, that's in a environment that would work well. Is yeah, this environment right? would work yeah. very well with SLAM. Okay. The important thing is that we've got vertical features. So there's something sticking up from the ground that's prominent. Mm-hmm. and that those would be unique. So that's not going to be like the same feature repeating at the same distance. So a, uh, a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of planted trees in a forest might be a little bit of a challenge, but a normal forest is going to be less of a challenge. Okay. Inside a building, generally fine, but if you're in a tunnel, more of a challenge. Why is it different between a building versus a tunnel? So in a normal building, the geometry around you is unique. So as you move the measurements you're getting from your device uh, are going to change. I don't know. Yeah. So like, like the, cause the end of the tunnel is open and as you go, that changes. But in this room, you just walk until you hit the wall and then walk into, you know, it's more so discreet. It is about, con- it is about constraints. Okay. So with, uh, with slam, the most common slam algorithm that people are familiar with would be the Roomba bumping into their furniture. Mm-hmm. That's using a slam algorithm. Ah, you okay. drop it on okay. the ground, sure. you tell it go, it chooses a bearing and then it runs into an object and it says, okay, there's a point here, and it starts drawing a floor plan. But so when I put the Roomba on in my driveway, it doesn't work that well. No constraints it, Because there. it can just go, and it can't learn where it is based on what it exactly. bumps into. Yeah, you need to buy the special lawnmower Roomba. Ooh, I've heard of this. Yeah. I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah, yes. I've been seeing a lot more of these as well. But essentially, if the measurements you're getting are, ident- are identical, we don't know how you've moved in the space. As okay. long as those measurements are changing as you're moving, like in almost any built environment, then you're pretty much good to go. Interesting. Uh, so then I have to ask the next question, and it's a very classic question when it comes to engineering and, I guess, surveying to uh, accuracy versus precision. And what you just described sounds like uh, uh, the, the precision part versus the accuracy part, and how do you tie those together? So, um, you know, they, they are, they're sort of hand in hand when, when we're discussing our data because uh, precision and accuracy is how tight is your cluster towards the center of your target. Sure. So, yeah. so, so precision is essentially talking about noise. And then accuracy 
is really talking about how close you are to the actual point. So in theory, you but can have... It, well, not to interrupt you, but when you say the actual point, isn't that kind of the point? Like what the actual actually <laughs> is, right? Like well, so we're talking who about... Who says like, what the actual point actually is is a whole different This is where survey control comes in. Well, oh, we geez. can talk about that for sure. I'd be yeah, happy to. You always got to gotta chime in as, uh, with your <laughs> classic surveying junk. But always the surveyors yes, uh, making yes. sure that they're still heard. <laughs> oh my God. I know, I know. They get drowned awesome. out a lot, don't they? <laughs> no, they want to be heard. And I honestly, I really, I, I love my surveyor customers oh because uh, there really is no bullshit, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, don't you think that they're just starting to just yell louder and louder and louder because they're not getting heard well, more there's, and more? They're, 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 they're dying off. We. No. Co- common theme this on this show. This is a whole other podcast. <laughs> this is awesome. No. If I this can become, I mean, awesome. I mean, what's what's the what's the average age of a surveyor in the U.S.? 59. Older than me. Should Older I than Google me. this? Barely. It's I like fifty nine. Yes. I was going to say fifty. I was going to yeah. say fifty seven. So fifty nine. Okay. Yeah. We've heard. But all, hold on a second, though. Yeah. Hold on a second. The though. data. The data I know is out there. We're getting we're, off topic just a little bit. But the thing is, it's not just in the U.S. This is a global it issue. Is. Yes. Yeah. In Europe, it, I think it, the yes. average age is even older. Yeah, it's older. Yeah. It's older yeah. in Europe, and I think yeah. it's older than older in Australia. I can't. I can't remember. We have a lot I, of. Uh, I believe. I believe you're correct on that, uh, listeners. So. All right. So back to accuracy and precision. Please. Um, for us, obviously, accuracy is super important. Do the points that we are displaying accurately describe the position of an object? Mm-hmm. Now, where precision comes in is, do you have one point that describes the object accurately, and then a bunch of points that are nearby? Or do you have a bunch of points that accurately describe the object and really no other points sort of adjacent to that area to confuse or confound whoever's putting that together into a model or, or, or CAD? That's where, as far as mobile systems have been concerned, precision has always been the issue, accuracy as well. Mm-hmm. However, what people are sort of that day-to-day perspective is with SLAM scanners, we have been in the sort of acceptable range of accuracy for as-built for a while, but the precision was not there to actually define smaller features. And so that's where um, our software, our, our, our SLAM algorithm is important and related to this, but it's really our dozens of filters that we've developed to actually treat that noisy data. Um, we use machine learning to develop some of these filters. <coughs> Essentially what we're doing is we're saying, here's a bunch of noisy data. And then once we filter, we're saying, here is actually a much better description of that object. So what we're doing is obviously accuracy is super important. We're very proud about our accuracy being sub centimeter is as a big deal to us. Um, you know, slam scanners have always, they had a hard time cracking that. Now we're even doing quite well compared to that five millimeters, Sigma one that's compared against TLS and total stations. So, um, check out the white paper. If you want to learn more, we've got some lovely graphs, some lovely visuals in there. Yep. But um, yeah, the really you can, here's the, a plug for me. You can message me if you want the white paper. Yeah, you can message Devin Sprung. <laughs> I want the white paper. Yeah, I'm interested. We will I, get you the I'll white send paper. I'll it to you right now. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned something. I want to ask real quick before we move on. Yeah, what makes that data noisy? Let, let, to, to piggyback onto that, when you say yeah. noisy data, yeah, I hear a lot of people refer to that same type data as <laughs> dirty data. Okay. Uh, oh, I've, actually, right? I've actually uh, never uh, heard dirty data. I have not heard. I don't heard, love that term uh, at all. Kent, I hate to tell you this. That might just be something people tell you and not anybody It else. might be the world I... Yeah. You might, may, you might may live it. in a dirty data because world. I'm a surveyor. <laughs> I'm a surveyor. Yeah. I don't want it to be noisy data. I want it to be dirty data. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I think that's just you personally, <laughs> yeah. not your and I don't profession. like that term. <laughs> yeah, don't, it sounds like it don't, may have come from Don't dirty up the rest of the profession. In comparison, you know, like... But let a guy answer the question. We're in comparison slam data to like 
just traditional terrestrial scanning. I think comparing those two data sets is where this is coming from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing to consider there is that if let's talk about TLS first. Uh, oh, sorry. Hand raised. Terrestrial Sean, laser we're, scanning. We're using initialisms that I don't know. Okay, okay. Sean, so, I relate to that, but yeah. I only did 12 months ago. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so TLS is going to refer to your traditional tripod-based scanners. It stands for terrestrial laser scanner. Okay, thank you. Um, to say terrestrial is a little bit misleading because we're on the ground too. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's say tripod scanners. I like that. Interesting. So with your tripod scanners, um, you've, got, you've got a manufacturer who develops a very accurate EDM. And then they spin it around one mm. direction, and then they spin it around another direction. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose is we've got very, very accurate data that comes directly out of that. Sean's raising his hand again. Okay, Sean. E EDM. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. That was it. Uh, ele ele electronic distance measurement uh, lasers. So we'll Thank just you. say lasers. Thank you. So these companies, great. They make great lasers, amazingly precise lasers, and then they spin them around super fast and. That is where their accuracy comes from. Okay. And that's why these devices require an annual calibration to make sure that that sensor in your specific device is performing at the level you expect it to. Now, because it's all about that hardware, they can that, that calibration will degrade. We are very different. We are not developing our own sensors. That's number one. Um, we're, we don't have the money. Uh, that would be number two on that one. But essentially, we are taking sensors that are from the autonomous driving industry. Can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. It's not because of the money necessarily. It's also that we're just not a hardware company. It's true. But the efforts are focused on the software. I would say there's there's something to be desired for current sensors on the market. I agree with you that we're not developing the hardware Um nor do we really want to, but right. if we had a wish list, we might put together a different sensor than what's available right now. Ooh, so um, let's say let's say that we've got our sensors from this industry that don't actually really care about precision that much, because um, if you're one centimeter away from hitting a thing, or you're four centimeters away from hitting a thing, Who you're really still cares? you're still too close to hitting that thing. Uh, hold on. Ah, there it, it is. There now is now the, the surveyor comes there's out. There's the traditional hold surveyor on. comes out. Noah, you got this. Mr. So. Precision and Accuracy here. Um, I guess it depends what the end user is using the data for. Well, oh, so that's really? why I was it talking about matter. The, the sensor. It does matter. Oh, it does, uh, matter. It does, it does matter. matter. It does matter. Right, yes. so we're talking about the sensor itself. Yeah. It was developed for self-driving cars. Yeah. So in that world, yeah. they're, they're used to a if little bit of If you're one slot. centimeter from hitting somebody versus four centimeters, from, it, it, what does it matter? Right. You're, too, you're still too close to hitting them. Yes. Um, yes. So for us, we're using these sensors because they're commonly available. They've got a bunch of scan lines. It's perfect for mobile mapping. Yep. Uh, they're really durable, so they, they handle transit well. They handle a wide degree of temperatures. Really ideal in a lot of ways, except for that precision. So the accuracy of these sensors is measured in essentially a noise band. So a noise band would be that dirty data you're talking about. I hate that term. All right, Ken. I have a question. Though. Wait, wait. Do you, okay. You, what, what term do you hate? Noise band or dirty data? Dirty data. Oh. I can't stand it. Noah's digging it. Yeah, um, he's leaning in. It's like dirty dancing. <laughs> no, so I guess my question is, um, why would it struggle with precision? So the, the sensors just aren't as precise. Um, they're, they're a lot cheaper. To, to manufacture, yeah. they have 16 scan lines, 32 scan lines or more compared to a single scan line as created by that spinning mirror. Yeah. So for us, um, we're used to noise in the data. 
that's like that's the whole thing is that we were able to cut through the noise mm. and that's why anyone knows the name Navis today. Yep. And so for us, we're used to dealing with noisy data. So what is a what is a degradation in that sensor's quality going to mean? Yeah. It's not going to mean that much for our data quality because we have we have ways to treat the data already. We're assuming the data is going to have problems and we're fixing it by default. Mm. Whereas with a with a TLS, sorry, tripod based scanner. No, once you say it once, I got it. Okay, okay, we're good. All right. So with your with your TLS, um, you're expecting the data to come off of the device and be ready to go. So it's all about it's more like a total station where mm. you're measuring a point at a time yep. and you can rely on the accuracy of that point that you've measured. Mm. A high speed scanner, those TLSs, they're essentially just total stations on steroids. We are your Roomba on steroids. Um, we we're talking about the whole slam thing, and so. We're going to be walking around, building that map as you go, and we're ready to deal with that noise in the sensor itself. So if uh, if sensors are coming out and they have less noise, we're researching them. We're always looking at how to make our product better. Yep. But the main thing is it's just it's very, very, very different approach. We're a software approach making do with sort of limitations of hardware, whereas most of the hardware manufacturers are really pushing up against the limitations of hardware and that's what they're developing. This is so interesting because I was completely misinformed, obviously. I thought you guys are more of a hardware company than a software company. No. Not so much. <laughs> it's a it's a very easy to to sort of have because that you have this feeling. really cool looking no, hardware. Well that's yeah. how I got interested in Navis was the cool looking hardware. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, like, yeah. I want to wear that thing. Yeah. For me it was the data. Um, I didn't know that yet. It was yeah. 12 months ago. I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've expanded my horizons. <laughs> I know. I know. So for me, it was the But data. it would be easy for somebody to think, of, think that but, way. But not right? to interrupt you, but yeah. that is how a lot of people get interested in us to begin with. Yeah. They'll say, that's a really cool looking piece of hardware. Yeah. Can I get like, my picture you, taken? Do you know what's that? even better? I'm like, the cool looking software it produces. Mm, <laughs> see, this is good. This is really good information because I guarantee you a majority of our listeners probably think like me. Well, I did too, but, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not discounting the hardware. It is really cool and yeah. make a lot of jokes about what it looks like, like a Star Wars weapon. I love it. I think it's super cool. It is. Yeah. So talk about the software then, because you're saying that you are used to, I don't want to say dirty, the noisy Thank data you. and your software is, this is where your software shines. Yes. Absolutely. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's go into that. No, I'm me, you. Go for it. Okay. Well, I always start with the software with like a layman's terms for you, Sean. Thank you. Would be that it's magic. Oh, it sounds like magic. It is. So you collect the data, as I mentioned. You go in the field. You wear this device. You're in the blind spot. You go and you take our, out our SSD drive. You'll plug that into our software. We're actually hosted on the cloud on Amazon Web Services. Really? Yeah. yeah shame, shameless plug for our, for our cloud overlords. Yes, thank you all. <laughs> um, and the first part that makes us unique is that if you had multiple data sets, you went and scanned. So if you had one-hour data sets, let's say you had 10 floors in one day, they were, each took you an hour to scan. Those will process in parallel on the cloud. So right off the bat, the software is already saving you time. It's hmm. saving you time. And then there's dozens and dozens of filters that while it's processing, it's working in the background. Okay. So a lot of times, and I think this more than normal, we're getting asked things like, well, somebody must be going back into your software and doing this. And I'm like, no, no this hamsters, is no hamsters in the wheels. So Noah said this today. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's a great way of putting it because people really do think there's somebody, I guess in Munich, like clicking through your point cloud. <laughs> And well, I'm like, that's not happening. But what it, is it better that they think somebody is behind the scenes doing that? Or it's, it's, no, it's no, not. It's, no, it's, it's a they, compliment. They think, no, they think we're deceiving them, though. I would, say, I would say it's a compliment in that they think this is so good, there's no way this is done software, automatically yeah. just via software. So is this artificial intelligence? No. no. It's not even an AI? No. no. 
I, I sort of wish it was because I'm no, really it's into just, AI. But. It's just it's just good software. Um, essentially, no, it's great software. Right, it's 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 great software. It's magnificent software. Let's keep it's keep stunning. the superlatives rolling. Um, no, but really, it's like what we can do is we're taking data that is on the surface the same as a lot of other manufacturers. Then what we're doing is we're applying our proprietary SLAM algorithm. So we do develop that in-house. So we've got the metadata, the hardware team, and the software team all working together to make our SLAM algorithm what it is. So we have we have a bunch of test data sets. I mean, huge, huge quantity of sure. data. We're always running. Any change we make, run it through the entire test set, make sure that it actually improves everything yeah. and doesn't reduce quality anywhere so big task we're always iterating on this um, but the fact that we have it in-house is a really big deal it does make us unique on that front sure so we own the algorithm uh, we developed it and then um, that's and we continue just to develop it true and that's just one part of it the filters are a whole I need nother to talk ball about game. the filters I may interrupt you you've got you've got your favorite let, let's in, in one second okay. so if I'm understanding you correctly um, Navis software mm -hmm. can be used with any point cloud data from any other scanner. So let's or define. Let's define. Yeah, there's you, two components. Yeah, let's here. define use. Okay. So processing. We will only process our, our data. data. Okay. So okay. Taking so it's raw data. So well, so for sort for processing. Of. So you've got raw data you capture in the field. You're going to take that through our processing, and then it goes into our hosting. Once you get to the hosting platform, you can bring in point clouds from anywhere, any type of point cloud. It okay. does not matter to us. Uh, unstructured, structured, we can align it all. And yep. what makes this interesting as the salesperson on the end talking about it is that if you already own all these other devices, you own all these scanners, I'm not telling you to throw those out and get rid of them. I'm telling you to create a hybrid approach. Mm. Which when you think about what you're doing with that is that most of the people who end up buying a VLX will say, I love this hybrid approach. I'm actually using it for 95% of my work. Yes, Sean, I thought you were trying no, to... No, she's... Some... It's not a high five. He's curious. <laughs> what's a I was like, Sean, I don't know why you want to smack my hand right what's now. What's a VLX? Oh, that's our device. Wow, we should have started there. Whoa. <laughs> Let's I backtrack. Know. I know. Dumbass over here no, has no, some good no, points. No, Sean, Sean, there are no dumb questions. Hey, you know what? His, his mind is purely NCAA right now. I got it. He's like, he's like let's fix this. Let's finish I do, this podcast. I do have some brackets to fill out, but, but, but please. Okay, so I'll backtrack. It's like VLX. I don't... Is that Virginia something? Yeah, it's like... It's like but, yeah, Virginia legal <laughs> lacrosse team. Virginia Louisville Xavier. <laughs> we start combining um, colleges. We're there. Yes. Yes. The VLX is the hardware that we sell. So okay. that is the cool. Okay. If you've ever seen a photo, I could show you of us wearing one. That's the thing. Yeah, it's the white like yeah. brace. Yeah. It's the hardware. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. like you're in a bad accident. And the, the VLX okay. is, in yeah. Noah, you can. My girlfriend says I look like I'm a kiosk. Oh. <laughs> Noah made a good one, a, good, a funny yesterday. He was like, it looks like a big, ne uh, big necklace. Oh yeah, well, it, we got a we got a colleague who's six foot eleven. It is actually a necklace on him. We met him. <laughs> yeah, we hung out with that guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy was amazing. He's the great guy. I don't remember his name. Hey, Mark. Mark. I hope you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he's listening. Yeah. I hope we he met is. him several times. <laughs> Merrick, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, I call him Merrick. You call Mark. You whatever. I actually, I, I think it's Mark. I could be totally wrong. You know what's Mark. so funny? Yeah. We got a picture of him and. Uh, the, the, the girl from David Evans. Oh, Erin. Uh, she's like 4'4", four, four, and he's like 6'8". She's, 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 taller, she's taller than that. 6'11". Yeah. It was the best picture it ever. Just, it was just funny. He was holding holding a Coke or a beer in his yeah. hand. And it he's looking a like Coke. A, he's not a, drinking. A, 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 it was a Coke in a normal 12-ounce can, and I swear it looked like like Mini. a Barbie toy. It's like, like a it Dixie was like, Yeah, it was like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he can crush so it. Awesome. Cool. Oh, when we go to when we go anyway, to Germany yeah. and he's got the Ein Mas, which is the full liter oh, beer, yeah. 
it looks like a normal beer in his <laughs> yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's finally not like a two sip and yeah. done. Exactly. Not even here to defend himself. No. Part of the culture. <laughs> um, but yes, the Navis VLX is our hardware. Yep. And then our software is uh, Ivion. Okay. So uh, we should have started there, and I apologize, Sean. You had your chance. I'm mm. just not the best teacher. I tried to introduce the company <laughs> and what they did, but, uh, you know. I, mean, I must have been in the bathroom. We got so, we got yeah. so excited. Yeah, That's pa- what always yeah. happens in Navis. We get so excited because we're so passionate. And I mean it. <laughs> I always am, I'm extremely passionate about our hardware, but I'm over the moon about our software. Because when someone asks me, like, there must be people in the background working on this. I'm like, no, that's just her amazing mm. software. Wow. So you were going somewhere really quick. I want you to finish that. Okay. You talked about the hybrid approach. Yes. So that'll be a conversation we have very often, me and Noah, with customers or potential customers. Because they own this h- hardware already. They don't want to, you know. Yeah, they, pay, they paid a lot of money right, for it. And they want to be able to yeah. use it. And I, I want them to use it, too, because there, there's a use case for every single piece of hardware they have. Yeah, so, those, those Pelican cases are a little bit big to be doorstop, so we try to make sure they still have a use for it. Sure, them. absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to put something good in there, right? right. Yeah, no, your TSC2s, those are good doorstops. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a few of those. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, so what we, what we have now found, at least I find this, is that I, between 90 and 95% of the people are – People who have all these devices and utilize VLX very often are using 90 to 95% of their workflow with the VLX. And then for different areas where they want for the surveyors or they want a little bit more accuracy. Well, hold on, hold on. We can achieve survey grade accuracy. I think the important thing is to distinguish that there's a resolution that we can't achieve, yeah. which is going to be important on certain jobs. And then there is a level of accuracy that we have a trouble with, and that is sub five millimeters. Right. So... Overall, um, your surveyors should generally be happy. Your can I see the I see the concern. I know a quarter of an inch is like half a mile to you. Yeah, but yeah, it's the, it's the immediate doubt. <laughs> yeah, Kent's yeah, ending the podcast. But hey, hey, do you ever use a topo boot? <laughs> I absolutely have. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I've done you, worse than that. Trust me. No, you're <laughs> averaging already. All right, all right. How level is your pull? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but my my plug here is that you can get the VLX. Call me anytime if you'd like to buy one. And <laughs> it will increase your speed of accuracy. I mean, your speed of capture and not compromise your accuracy. So can, let me ask you this. If you, and maybe we'll find out more tomorrow when we do the demo, but with the VLX, what if, what if you walk the same path twice? Does it improve yeah. the accuracy? Yep. You know what I mean? Versus giving it one, you know, one path around, whatever. What if you do that same thing twice? Does it improve the uh, the deliverable, I guess. But I, I want to talk about file size there too. But go ahead. Well, th- yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. so first off, I'll just say, walk seeing an area twice does not have an adverse effect on file size because we decimate our data, so you've got an even resolution. So you can have a pretty pretty massive area in a reasonable file size. But um, well, what's reasonable? Well, uh, should I give my data? Yeah, go ahead. We have a side by side of a, a data set that was. 85 gigabytes took them 10 hours and 85 positions with their terrestrial laser scanner. Whereas with the VLX, it took us 25 minutes and our data set, it was similar accuracy and our file size was 15 gigabytes. Hmm. So that's a big difference. It's a big difference. I'm looking for something more than K. Well, um, (laughs) you said something that made me say, okay. I want you to say that's sick. (laughs) I think it was probably the word you used in association with the word accuracy, if I would guess. It was. It It was. was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was relative. It's all relative, right? Would you agree? Yeah. It's all relative. Yeah. Um, So I was totally sidetracked. What was I saying before all this? Um, What were you talking about? Oh, we were talking about the route that you walk and the effect if you walk twice. So uh, for those who are not familiar with SLAM, the most important thing is loop closures. 
for those of you who are not now familiar, he's talking like a surveyor. Well, that's what I, was, I was just about to say that's like your traverse. Yes. So you're doing a level loop, you're yep. doing traverse adjustment. Those are our loop closures. So we're going to be walking through an area and we're going to revisit places we've been before. Mm-hmm. On the device, what we're doing is local slam, that's cloud to cloud alignment. Mm-hmm. And so what you see in your cloud to cloud, there's going to be some drift as with any cloud to cloud alignment. That's where the loop closures come in. Loop closures, that's where we can tell locally, very locally, if you have a good grid network of loops, where that drift accrued so that we can correct for it as locally as possible. So um, I heard a great analogy from one of our experts that I've been using ad nauseum. And uh, essentially, if you think about SLAM, you think about what makes a loop robust. You've got a series of measurements that close back on itself. You don't have this open-ended sort of shape where like a C or a U, if there's a little bit of flex in there, it's really hard to determine where that actually came in. So with having loop closures, um, you could essentially, you can't really do too many, would be the actual like slam expert guy at the computer coding. That's my that's what he might say. Mm. Now, I am out here trying to help you actually make some money on this. So I'm saying don't walk every single, every foot and mm. do a loop. It's like building a bridge. This is the analogy. When you're building a bridge, what would be the strongest bridge? Well, like a giant hunk of steel or tungsten or whatever, but it's massively inefficient. So instead, what you do is you figure out what is the minimum amount of metal that I can use here, or concrete or wood, to build a bridge that is strong enough. So that is actually what we are trying to teach you to do. We're enabling our customers to figure out in this environment what is my ideal bridge? What do my loops need mm. to look like so that I can capture the data at a good speed, but also maintain a high level of accuracy and robustness in my geometry? So walking an area, again, is highly recommended for especially corridors or staircases. In general, your loops don't have to be doubled back on each other. But if you do, it really only helps. Yeah. So, Sean, do you ever wish that you could have a weekly cup of coffee with a like-minded survey professional? Actually, I have wished that. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I am here to tell you that you can do just that by participating in the Virtual Mentoring Mondays program. What is that like? Think of Mentoring Mondays as the weekly office hours of the surveying profession. And the cool thing is you can find out more by simply going to mentoringmondays.xyz. And while we're on the topic of becoming the best surveyor ever, you also need to check out Wisdom Wednesdays. Oh, really? Have you ever thought about how awesome it would be to have a book club specifically for land surveyors? You know, I have thought that that would be a really good idea. <laughs> I thought you have. And our good friend Trent Keenan has once again beat you to the punch with his Wisdom Wednesdays group. Wisdom Wednesdays is a great opportunity to read survey-specific books and have a weekly interactive conversation about each informative chapter with like-minded professionals. If you're interested and want to find out more, go to wisdomwednesdays.xyz. One thing that was the way it was described to me one time, it's like, because we, you know, as a surveyor, you talk about calibration, that type thing, right? Um, the whole scanning thing was described when it's like a million point calibration. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that part makes sense, but it's got to be relative to something, right? I think that's where SLAM is a little bit different in that um, we are creating the map as we go. Yeah. And so you are doing essentially that. I heard it described uh, from another surveyor, actually, that as you're walking, this was Ben Shinaberry from uh, oh, yeah. QK4. No, ben. 
Yep. Yeah, great guy. Ben's a geoholic, as a matter of fact. Mm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah, I did a webinar with him and Jeff Voorhees. Mm. Um, if you don't know Jeff, mm. great guy as well. He was on the panel at uh, RCN with me. Very nice. So great you guy. actually, all right, great. So you actually look at me name dropping over here. Yeah, yeah. look at me, Jeff. He knows She's everybody. so impressed. She's yeah. like, this guy knows everybody. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we had a webinar. We were talking with them, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Ben who said, "It's like you're foresighting and backsighting." 600,000 points a second. Boom. And then your loop closures are yep. your traverse adjustments. Yep. And so what what you as a surveyor might do with your total station or GNSS is you're figuring out where you are in the world, maybe mm -hmm. with your resection or checking in over a point or whatever it may be. Yep. We're doing the same, but we don't have the information from the environment. So we are creating the information about the environment and then figuring out where we are within it. And so for us, it's all about pose estimation. Where are we? Which direction are we facing? Because that's going to enable us to build up an accurate map. That makes sense. I got a gazillion other questions, but let's loop Devin into this. <clears throat> so, Devin, um, talk about your competition and what separates Navis from everybody else. There is no competition. Oh, of course. <laughs> so no, I, I say that. What was it? I teed it up. <laughs> no, you did. No, really I get, did. we do get asked this pretty often about competition. And they're actually, because I come from other sales organizations where there's a direct competitor and it's very clear, like, this is our competitor. This is who they are. Yeah. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not because for any other reason besides that we are innovating just more quickly than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, you could say we sort of, we caught the wave at the right time. Yeah. Sure. With the so right you're ahead people. of the curve, basically. You there are similar slam algorithms out there, but they're not developing them in-house. They have their own issues at hand they don't completely you never know what's what on the do. horizon yeah. so that's why we put so much money into research and development mm -hmm. yeah. because we do want to stay ahead but that is just like Devin was saying we find ourselves a little bit in the middle yeah so accuracy wise speed wise uh, we're pushing the boundaries sort of on both depending on who you're comparing us mm. to and to be a salesperson also there's a there's a, <coughs> somewhere in the middle there's a price because someone yeah. will have a slam algorithm a slam solution they're like well this is more affordable but i'm like this is not your best use case option like this isn't gonna you're gonna come back in six months and tell me buy once cry once as they say mm. yes i haven't heard that one but i do like it i want to re be respectful of your guys's time it's seven o'clock do you have a few more minutes yes a few more questions because i have some good ones here you got two minutes two more questions what do you mean two more questions? I got 15 minutes. That's right, minutes. John. Way to keep us on track. Yeah, That's because Sean's got somewhere um, to go. Time is the only resource you can't get back. So. Exactly. Oh, Spoken God. like a true salesperson. Good Lord. <laughs> All right. So we have software advancements. We have hardware advancements. This is pretty amazing what's happening, and it's just changing every single day. First of all, how do you stay on top of the advancements? Mm. And second of all, where do you, what is advancing fastest right now? Is it the software or is it the hardware? Software. That's what I'm saying. I think so. Go ahead. Go well, ahead, because Devin. we do them quarterly. She send. just said that she was super excited about that over the <laughs> hardware. So where do you think she's going to say? Also just, we have a big team of developers that believe that we've hired a bunch more. Is that right? Yeah. We're, I mean, open. Open for more. If you are a developer out there and you want to work on Slam in Perception. Um, yeah, in Munich. Great place to live and work. And I, I hear the culture is pretty awesome. So I might as well look these guys up. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, if you're if you're out there and you think that mapping and perception slam is cool, um, we're looking for more people. Um, we're also looking for UX designers. We're looking for all sorts of people to really just help us level up. So um, I would agree, software is developing quicker. Um, well, we send the, well, I'm it's almost part. like it's almost like the difference between the theoretical <laughs> physicist and the experimental physicist. Sure. Yeah. Theoretical dude is out there writing fucking theories all day long, yep. and he's got a list twenty long. And then the experimental guy's like, okay, I'm going to apply for a grant. 
<laughs> I'm going to build a thing. We're going to run your test. It'll and fail. It didn't work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, the theoretical is like, yeah. I spent 15 minutes on that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. For sure, Devin. I I think I cut you off earlier because I know you want to talk about the, the the features that you're excited about when oh, it was a print. So, yeah. That's right. I did want to talk about some of the filters. Filters. Yes. Filters. There's some good features too. One that came out today. <gasps> oh no, wait, you talk about that one. Then I'll. Talk okay. Okay. You go ahead. No, no. You, you talk about the filters. You okay. talk about the features. I'll give you two filters I really like, and I think these make us stand out because people are, we're on the cloud. We process your data on the cloud. Depending on your settings, we can talk about the timing of that. But sometimes people think, you know, that timing. Explain to me what's happening in the background during the processing time, and what's happening is one major awesome filter is called the dynamic object removal filter. And what's happening with that is that if you're scanning a space, let's say you're scanning this floor, there's people walking around. As you're as they're walking around and you're scanning the space, they'll be automatically removed from your point cloud. Just because so, they're moving? Yep. So it could be a car, it could be a person. Interesting. Noah did Lombard Street in San Francisco and the cars are removed. It's amazing. He wasn't even scanning really no no offense, Noah, thinking about the dynamic object removal. He was scanning mostly to, you know, capture the data and wasn't going following necessarily best practices for DOR. I mean, I was following best practices. Don't don't get me wrong. No, but with DOR filter. I, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to return to this area to make sure that that data is cleared out, which is what I would normally do if I'm in a busy environment scanning for a demo or something. I didn't really even think about it. She's right. But cars were removed. So cool. People That's were awesome. removed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no more playing dot killer. Is that because That's the scanner can tr- knows that it was in motion versus no? So it it works on more more off of like probability. So if you observe a given XYZ location mm-hmm. 10 times and there's an object like in there blue. once, yeah. but then the next few times that you see it, since we're always moving and scanning, we have, we're going to see that it's same like location. moving versus moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Interesting. so if we're moving, we are going to see that same object a bunch of times as we're moving around or that same location. And if there's an object there, cool. If there is no object there, but it may have been there for a moment, yeah. we'll clear that out. Cool. I want you to talk. We might run out of time. But to again, talk about it's, the it's not we. It's the software. Yeah, there are no, no hamsters. hamsters. There's no hamsters. Yes. Yeah, we gotta stop saying we. Keep saying we because that's the this team of hamsters behind like, the scene. Who's yeah. doing that? That's this? fair. That's fair. <laughs> our software. Our software. The yeah, sentient software being that yeah, is. <laughs> Speaking of AI. <laughs> yeah. Um, so go ahead and share your other favorite filter. And I then, like the reflection filter quite a bit. That's not your favorite. I really love the f- foot filter. There you go. Leg filter. The what? The leg yeah. filter. So you are. Like, foot filter? <laughs> no, and I work too much together. So I'm like, I have three and these are. But um, the foot filter, you are in the blind spot as you're wearing the device. The device is in front of you while you're wearing oh, it. You yeah, feel yeah. very much yeah. a part of the scanning experience. Yeah. We've heard that some of our executives have mentioned that they you're wearing the VLX in front of you because that's where you wear things that you love, like your children in the VLX. Um, but Except those heathens that have the baby backpacks obviously don't love their children. That's mm. right. Only the people who have the baby on the front. Love Maybe their, their cell phones. Mm. It could be backpack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you you are in the blind spot, but your feet would not be. So with this filter, they're automatically removed. And yeah. your legs. So as you're walking, mm. those since we've got 16 scan lines, <coughs> so we've got two sensors. One's vertical, the other one's horizontal. That vertical one, that uh, those scan lines that are closest to your body, every so often they'll be they would hit your feet. So we essentially we we, we had to figure something out there. Mm. We Sorry, the hamsters in the wheel the hamsters had in to the figure wheel. something out there. You're right. Thank you. But Thank yes. you. So my overall, like, <laughs> if I'm going to pitch this at the end of the pitch, it would be that you're coming back 
after the process, the data is processed to a very cleaned up point cloud. There's very limited data, limited work for you to do when you get back mm. to your computer. So you use the word clean as if it was the opposite of dirty. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> it's noisy. <laughs> What's uh, quiet? You have a quiet point cloud. <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to start saying that. Yeah. Or Kent's gonna go off on the dirty, dirty data. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dirty data. All right, we got a couple more minutes. Okay, got to find out what you guys whether you can answer it or not. I know it's one of those questions. It's like it's in the deep top secret lab that you can't say anything about but what are you excited about in the future and where all this is going i'll go first Noah. okay go ahead the one thing i can say for sure about navis is that because they're hiring developers they're wanting to do better they listen to our customers so if our customers want something they make it happen for example the blurring feature so customers really wanted faces to be automatically blurred mm. they're making that happen so listening to our customers, they're hiring developers, they're working on the software. That's exciting to me. Those are all mm. good signs as an employee and as a salesperson. Mm. I'm like, you're making this easier for me. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but those are all good signs. So I would never be privy to like top secret information, but it's nice, Sean, that you thought I would be. I, I, it's really I, flattering. I, did, yeah. Yeah. I have a question though. So everything, all these developments are really like groundbreaking developments because we are achieving things that we've never achieved before, right? Like, how do you find the people, Sean excluded, that are smart enough to <laughs> figure these out? Like, it's like they're three steps ahead of reality. You know what I mean? Actually, Sean is going to start working at Navis, so I'm not yeah. sure why you said that. I have no <laughs> doubt about that. No <laughs> doubt about being that. recruited, but... <laughs> Wait, I see you texting. Uh, texting. Yeah, we were texting. Uh, yeah. Despite what my, your, uh, resume? My, my current reference <laughs> might say. HR has it. <laughs> I don't know how we find these people, but I will yeah. say they are brilliant people. Being around them, you feel like a better person. Yeah, mm. excluding Sean. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. you're present company Sean. excluded, obviously. Sean, we'll talk about your offer letter later. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I mean that, that's a fair point. Um, I think uh, there's, a good, there's a good basis in our founding for so the group that actually sort of put together the company originally, yeah. especially those that were working on it as a research project, um, they're, they're brilliant, but they also had really good synergy, really good vision, and uh, they've been sort of unwavering in their approach to that. And I think that's the most important thing is that there's a lot of stuff that easily could have derailed or distracted, but um, Navis has stayed pretty dang true. Yeah. So, of course, the name, Navis, you may not know. It might not mean anything to you. Sounds like navigation, visualization. Originally, we were like, we're going to be the Google Maps for indoors. And then we were mm. like, but all the indoor data sucks. Or it's too expensive to capture. Mm. So we got into the reality capture game so yeah. that we could actually bridge that gap to enable indoor navigation. Right. We don't focus on it too much right now. We do have a mapping and perception team. Uh, we do have a spatial, a spatial indexing, like visual positioning tool. Um, mostly used in our manufacturing enterprise world, but it's still sort of like they f they saw the actual problem, economical high accuracy reality capture, and that is the problem we've been solving. Um, pretty pretty focused on that as well. So when are you guys going to get to the point where I can grab the little guy on Street View and actually drop him in the building and know where I'm? That's going? That's where it's going. Depending on how much money you have for us, I know that's where uh, it's going. I asked yeah. him when. But yeah. that's that's essentially yeah, fundraising. That's essentially today. So what do you You'll see when we do the demo tomorrow and we set that data up for you, um, you can choose any two points in that and it'll show you how to walk between them. But I'm saying I completely agree with you. You yeah. guys are there at the <laughs> forefront. That's right. When can I, normal common dumbass guy, take the little guy and drop it in the building without having to have you give me a demo? Don't, hey, we're, don't we're speak going about that, way. that way. Yeah, so, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> 
if you know someone at Google, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say exactly because that's so, the thing is we're but, digitizing a bunch of buildings. Our customers yeah, yeah. really, it's not us. Yeah. It's not our hamsters in our wheels. It's our customers' hamsters mm-hmm. in their wheels. They're going out, walking, scanning, digitizing, and creating these virtual tours for hundreds of millions of square feet. And is Google the only entity that can put all that together in a in a thing where people can actually use it in a I would say no, but they're for sure the first choice. They're pervasive. Yeah. Um, Apple Maps sucks, so obviously it's not going to be them. Right. Yeah, I, Devin's an Apple Maps user. I am. Yeah. Always fails Painful. in compared to Google Maps. Ugh, I just don't know. Yeah. So it, Apple Maps is yeah. Is yeah. amazing. So we didn't get to the future-looking future, future looking stuff. I actually yeah. did. I told you I was excited about we hired. So I just wanted to point out today something that we released that is going to make a big difference for keeping data up to date because we've talked about speed of capture a little bit, not particularly, but that's one of those main value adds for us to come into a project. You can capture your data a lot quicker. Depending on the project size, it could be 5x, it could be 20x. It really depends on the project. What we are doing and with this new release today, the Data Visibility Editor, we're enabling you to piecemeal replace data. So let's say you've scanned a building. you got 20,000 square foot floor plate, and you scanned this suite but that suite was being remodeled at the time. Now it's done. You don't want to go in and scan the entire 20,000 square foot floor plate for that level again. Now you can go in, you can scan just that suite with enough overlapping data for alignment and use your new data set cleaned up at the margins with our filtering tool to excise the old data and replace it with new data. Mm. So you can keep your data sets up to date at a level that is impossible with TLS. Sorry. Tripod. I, I said, oh, you got to say it as once. <laughs> but where I think that's going is it's like a living as built. I love that. I, we're, we're taking that for sure. Okay. Mm. You can have it. Yeah. We learned something here today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a really good way to describe it because um, I studied GIS, and we always say as soon as you publish a map, it's out of date. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah. And so with us, um, the goal really is to enable the ability to really keep your data up to date so that you can trust it. You just throw one of those, what is it called? The L-E-T-X or whatever uh, that R2 thing is? R2-D2. Oh, VLX? Yeah, yeah, VLX. The, yeah, throw the VLX. C3PO. On, on the maintenance guy that's fixing the, the pipe <laughs> right. in the building, and he's doing Sean, you've it. you got and it already. It, yeah. That's because anybody can learn how to scan with the VLX. I think we got room exactly. for you on the marketing Even a monkey. team. <laughs> 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 so, um, you got one more. I got one more. Oh, the pressure. Make it good. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything specific. I guess. I'm <laughs> insulted. All right. So <laughs> now you get cascades of questions. You're, you're gonna have to think a little up. creative. No, no, no. As we no, get no, to no, the no, end, it'll come to me. Okay. It'll get. get yeah. But you have to get a little creative, a little outside the box. Uh, I'll ask Devin. You first. Okay. Do you have a mantra that you live by? I do. Do you want to know it? Did you just learn it? No. no. Well, you don't want to know it. I, didn't, I actually already forgot the one you said. Okay. Good. <laughs> My mantra actually for life is be where your feet are. Mm. Ooh, and I, I mean like that. feet on with the VLX on. Not not the, not the ones that are that are immediately removed from your data exactly. set, but your Thank actual you. feet. Sean, wait, now wait. I know you're listening. Was, <laughs> that, <laughs> was that international feet or U.S. survey <laughs> yeah. feet? Uh, oh, uh, oh, <laughs> there 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 is no survey. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, global. Yeah. So, but what about your virtual feet? They're going to be removed from the point cloud. Yeah, exactly. Clearly <laughs> removed from the point cloud. They don't exist. Yes, you, they you're do. just a footless person. That was my last hovering question. Hovering around you the you digital twin. <laughs> that was my last question. The metaverse. There are no feet in the digital twin. 
Do you want to talk about the metaverse at all? What do you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I have to, I'm like... Can we have another podcast? It's Seriously. A thing. It's a thing. You can't throw yeah. that out there at the very end. Yeah, we're ending on mantras here. Yes. Yeah, so I, I would say really quickly yeah. about the metaverse, the most important thing is localization. Where are you within these virtual environments relative to the real environment? Like, yeah. how close are you to that object before you're about to swing your hand into it? Um, can you walk around outside? Does it know where the experience is supposed to be relative to where you are? And we are at the forefront of localization. That is so interesting. I was I always give Sean a hard time because I can go in the metaverse and buy his house for like a hundred bucks or whatever, <laughs> which now is discounted because it's ridden with mold. I can get it now for like fifty bucks. Currently remediated, and the and the value is on the way up, buddy. That's right. All right, so I do have a mantra. I will add, please, real quick. Um, please, and this Noah. is this is one. This this. Uh, so we were talking about my dad earlier. This one did come from my dad. I didn't like it when I was a kid. A lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Oh, oh. my God. That is so dad. <laughs> oh. Man. I've been want, I, I, feel like you, I feel like Noah gets that to me a few times in our working career. Do you, you know the seven Ps, right? I, why are you looking at me? Seven Ps, seven fishes, you mean. Poor, 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 poor Proper planning. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor production. Oh. That's yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of hokey. That's to me, Pete. It's hard to follow. It's I like the same mine. thing he just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounded better when his dad said it than you said it. What was the mantra before that I said I was going to steal? Uh, oh, it was, uh, man, where was it? Um, Sean doesn't listen. I, mean, <laughs> I don't either, Sean. I meant to write it down. I got, I, got, I got data lost. You'll have to just message me later. Yeah, I will. Thank you. With my job offer. Uh, <laughs> You're offering her a job? No. Other way around. Oh, okay. We're, uh, we're getting rid of you and they're hiring me. <laughs> hey, no comment. <laughs> uh, what else, guys? What else? You want? You want anything we didn't touch on? You want to get out there? I, I mean, I think we have a good understanding of all the awesomeness that Navis has to do, but uh, what I else? Think, I think, honestly, um, the most important thing, and this is something that surveyors will absolutely resonate with, is um, don't take our word for it. Mm-hmm. Call your local rep. Have us come out and do a demo. You'll see it. You'll believe it, and you'll find out if it's good enough for, for your needs. How do they find that local rep? You can go to navis.com, hit the chat. That's with two Vs? That is with two Vs. Thank you. Um, you are, I, you're saving us on these yeah, things that we are thinking are basic <laughs> but are super important for a listening Every, audience. Everyone needs a dumbass around. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> love it um, so but yeah on. so we've got you know if you're if you're listening and you're not in the u.s um if you're not in europe we do have resellers so you can reach out to us we'll point you to the nearest one i know you have a big australian audience shout out, shout out to position partners i really want to go to australia there. devin's going to try to work <laughs> for position too. partners um if you're in europe we've got direct you're um you know u.s direct canada can sell i'm sure you guys are familiar mm. um so yeah we we may have someone near you if not you may have someone willing to travel, but the basics are um, as much as we can talk about this and we can say, hey, check out the white paper, check out our sample data, um, seeing it in your environment is believing, and we're happy to come show it to you in your environment. Mm, I love it. Devin, anything else? If you want to buy a VLX in, <laughs> <laughs> in Southern California or Arizona, please message me on LinkedIn immediately. <laughs> how, do, how, how do they find you on LinkedIn? Devin Sprunk. At Navis. At, no, just Devin. I work at Navis, but my LinkedIn is Devin Sprunk. Yeah, are there, are there no other Devin Sprunks? Definitely not. My dad, no. That's a very unique name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, it is. It is. Uh, adding value, that, making friends. We are. That's Thank you guys so much for having us. This was awesome. I'm yeah. used to the, uh, the sound of my voice now. Yeah. I don't like it. Oh, it. you're addicted. Next, you're going to lead some trainings. You have to get used to watching yourself on camera and hearing yourself talk. No. I refuse. <laughs> Here we go. Adding value, making friends, as always. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. It was great. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There it is. There we go. Everybody sing it. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show, shoot us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. Taylor Swift, paper rings. Everybody's favorite. It is. Until next time, everybody, be safe and healthy. Love this song. <laughs> <laughs>